Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. The Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrooks. Stay ahead of all the big games in the best league in the world, the Premier League. With the latest odds, form guides, expert opinions and more. The fans are the players at Ladbrokes. Are you in? Let's go. Play at ladbrokes.com, 18plusbegambleaware.org. T's and C's apply. What a volley! Mesut Ozil puts Arsenal in front. Kevin De Bruyne, take a bow. Right footy shot from Sigurdsson, it's an absolute belter. Frazier with a right footed shot, a bomb of score again! Richie! It's 1-0 to Newcastle United. Deportes stole it and he scored. Huddersfield are in front. Here's Aiden Hazard towards the edge of the penalty area. Right footed effort from him. Oh, it's a stunning equalising goal. And Martial tees it up and Lukaku equalises. Oh, what a goal from Harry Kane. In towards Vardy. What a goal. Pascal Gross at the edge of the D. Gets a shot away and makes it 3-1. Oh. That was sensational from Salah. Austin is through and scores. Southampton ahead. Turned in by Decore. And Watford are back ahead straight away. Brilliant run down the left-hand side. Hernandez! 1-0 West Ham United. It's a shocking ball from Lee. And Wood is on to it. That is a majestic finish. Zaha, wonderful Crystal Palace goal. Magnificent work. Finding falls for Neves. Wolves are on their way to the Premier League. Patterson with a header off the bow and in. And Cardiff take the lead. They got Ben Ford here as Kenny goes for goal for 25 yards and scores. The Barclays Premier League is back on Talk Sport. Hello and welcome to the Premier League preview show for the very first week of the 18-19 season. This is the show where we try to strip away the layers of narrative that surround the greatest sport in the world, the greatest league in the world, and focus on the thing that made us all come to this party in the first place, and that is the football. I'm Tom Rennie with you every week of a Premier League season and with me in the studio today. Let's say hello to our football editor here at TalkSport, David Walker. How are you, mate? I'm very well, Tom. Good. You're looking healthy. You're looking ready. Looking forward to another season. You're looking ready for the new campaign. Refreshed. I know. It's seven years we've been doing this. Yeah. Uh, But they have given us some actual talent to work with this year, which is exciting. Uh, Let's say hello to Mr. Paul Mortimer, the housewife's favourite, once of Charlton, (laughs) once of Aston Villa. Uh, These days, top broadcaster. Good to see you, Paul. Hi. Thanks for calling me talent. I'm happy with that. You are the talent, Paul. But really, I was referring to our other guest today. Uh, the former West Ham and Man City captain Steve Lomas, who's also with us in the studio. You okay? I'm very well, Tom. I thought you were going to say I was the grandma's favourite. <laughs> <laughs> You're everybody's favourite. The whole family. Right. Uh, Premier League back this weekend. A full programme of fixtures. Friday, Manchester United take on Leicester City. On Saturday, it's Newcastle against Tottenham. Bournemouth take on Cardiff. Fulham against Crystal Palace, Huddersfield, Chelsea, Watford against Brighton. The late game is Wolverhampton Wanderers back in the big time up against Everton. On Sunday, it's Liverpool against West Ham United. Southampton against Burnley and also Arsenal against Manchester City. And that is where we start our preview right now with that game at Emirates Stadium on Sunday. Arsenal against the champions. Um, Paul, let's come to you first on this. Unai Emery has come in. They haven't necessarily made 
any big purchases. Bert Leno coming in, but there's a debate about whether he'll even be the number one goalkeeper this mm. weekend because Petr Cech's been in the gym. He's been bulking up. Maybe people are afraid <laughs> to say he, he can't play anymore. I don't know. Um, so Emery's going to have to be a, a tracksuit training manager as opposed to a, a checkbook manager. Yeah. And as he set up this weekend, what kind of impact would he have had on a squad that he's been in charge of for, for a good eight, ten weeks? I think he will have had a good impact. I think he would, they will know how, 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 how they need to play. What he's done is he came in straight away and saw exactly what was needed. Got possible goalkeeper, centre-half, centre-midfielder and, and did it. Something Wenger hasn't done for Yonks. He did, he's done it. He's given them a way of playing. I think from what I hear from a lot of people I know, he's the real deal. He knows his stuff. Um, and I'm really looking forward to, to seeing them play. I Again, haven't seen any of them at the moment. So I'm quite optimistic that they're going to they're gonna really produce some good stuff. Steve, same sort of feeling for you. I mean, it feels to me that Arsenal lost their manager, sold a whole bunch of players, a raft of first-team players, Mertesacker, Cazorla, Wilshere, have all left the club, um, and, and a few others as well. Callum Chambers, who's been in the squads and has been coming on and getting minutes. Um, Lucas Perez would, would have been on their bench this season. He's gone as well. And then they haven't necessarily replaced those guys. It feels to me that Arsenal have got worse, not better. I think if you look at managers' past history with Valencia, he's at a team that has finished runners-up in, in third in the Liga. And it's all been all about the team, not individuals. And I think that's been a problem at Arsenal. And I think this is what he'll bring to the club. It'll be all about the team getting a good shape, everybody working for each other. And and like Paul just said, he's, he's looked at it. They needed defenders. He's brought them in. He had Stefan Licksteiner, who, even though he's 33, is a fantastic fullback with 120 caps for 33 Switzerland. in the Premier League? Experience. But what an athlete. Yeah, I'm telling you, he, he, will, he will adapt. He will not have a problem. I've watched him a few times against Northern Ireland, and, and what an athlete he is at 33. I think the, in, the interesting thing for Arsenal particularly this weekend, but also for the first sort of few weeks of the season, is a lot of their best players weren't at the World Cup. Whereas you've got, you're got you going up against Man City. who had Doesn't the say most, much for Arsenal. You had, you had them, well, yeah, but you had the most... That's more of a Huddersfield team, problem, isn't it? All their squad should be at the League. World Cup. Man City had more players at the World Cup than, than anyone else. Tottenham had a lot of players going deep into that tournament. They won't have all come back and had a full pre-season. You've got Aubameyang wasn't there. Lacazette wasn't there. Mkhitaryan wasn't there. Ozil was there, but didn't really play much, and they were home pretty early. Ramsey wasn't there. The defence, same can be said for the defence and the goalkeeper. They've got an opportunity, I think, to start this season. I know they're playing Man City, which isn't the ideal picture. I, for I don't really buy into that game. all the time. I think the problems with the World Cup comes around Christmas where they end up getting injuries. This year, they've only had two, two, three weeks. How much fitness are you going to lose? All right, you know what I mean? It might be a little bit of game sharpness, but it's not a massive problem. Uh, and, and like I say, I don't think it'll be a massive problem for City because of what they've got. And you only have to look, let's have it right, you only have to look at the, the, the charity shield mm. where they were you know, sensational and head and shoulders. So I don't think that will be a much of a, an issue in terms of that Man City are going to be a little bit steel. I can't see that. I think the biggest worry you'll have, and, and yeah, especially with the, the, the World Cup players, is... You've said sort of Christmas time. I think that you know after this raft of league games, they then becomes international games. Mm. There is a lot packed into a short space of time. Plus, some of them haven't really had that much of a break. So, what do you need it though as a player? What? How long did you like to have off? I know you love the Caribbean holidays, that <laughs> kind of thing. But <laughs> no, 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 no. A no, week's all right. No, I had a couple no, of days. I'm ready. See, no, what I'm saying is, what then starts to happen is you get them sort of overuse in, in, in injuries that are linked to tiredness and fatigue more than anything else. So this is where the I suppose the sports scientists earn their money. 
because they will be able to, to nurse the players through it so that they can manage situations rather than doing over overtraining and get themselves injured. Let's bring it back to the game. Let's talk about who they play this weekend. Will we see Lacazette and Aubameyang playing together in a front two or will one of them, as was always the case when Wenger bought players, get shifted out to the left wing? Well, I would like to see him. Listen, I don't know what way Arsenal have been playing. I haven't seen him in pre-season. I'd like to see him go 3-5-2 with the two of them up top. They've got Lex Steiner, who can certainly play the mm. wing-back situation. They've got enough defenders now they could they could utilise that, 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 that formation. But, you know, it remains to be seen. I'd love to see that somebody actually go with two out-and-out strikers. Well, it's usually a 4-2-3-1, isn't it? That's mm. usually what Unai Emery has done. It changes at that depending on, on situations, but... That'd be his favourite. And it just frustrates me that Arsenal have got two players who, for me, are top six players. Maybe they're only two top six players, the two strikers. I think they're fantastic. And yet, one of them is going to be either sitting on the bench or they're going to be shunted out somewhere else. Well, it makes them a lesser side because both of them, um, and, and they have had the odd game where they played up front together and they work very well together. They've spoken about it themselves. They have a good understanding. And... Why can't we play two up front? We, we, at the moment, we are we're in love with this playing one striker and everyone else buzzing around. Stick uh, two up front. Make the defenders earn their corn. I can understand in a four four two because it leaves you open in midfield. But if you play three five two, you've still got that three in midfield, so you don't get overrun. Obviously, the problems then become out wide, where, where especially against City with the wide players they've got, you end mm. up becoming a five. But I do think that formation with the two up front allows you to actually hit teams on the counter-attack and that's something that you can get at City because they actually put so many people forward, the full-backs, that if you've got two up front, it's one straight ball down the side and, and the pace of Bamiyan and Lacazette in the box. And that, that is if you're, if, if you're under pressure because what can happen if you get the, you know, the five right or the three, five, two right is you can have numbers forward. If, you, if you're passing the ball well and you give it time, you can actually outnumber them going forward. Now, it's when you give the ball away in transition... That's where Man City may well hurt you. Let's press on to the champions. You were at the Community Shield uh, weekend just gone, Dave. And, uh, of course, we'll get Steve's view on this as well. Vincent Company has talked a lot about previous times they've they've won things and they've lost a certain edge to the way they played. Did they have edge last Sunday? They were very good. And it would be interesting, I think, to see the, the team sheet on Sunday. And two players that really stood out in that game were Bernardo Silva and Phil Foden. And mm. n- neither of which played you know Bernardo Silva was involved last season had a decent amount of minutes Foden not so much but you know it'll be interesting to see whether he puts faith in those players again or was he just waiting for the some of the, the big boys to come back and be ready for this for this first game Foden in particular there's a lot of hopes on him from an English point of view and this could be a breakthrough season for him well listen I just think it's more positive it's another young player coming through you've got Benjamin Mendy now back fit that releases Delft to be back up for Fernandino in midfield you've got little Foden that can come in you know, you add Riaz Mahrez to it, Sani, who's going to be fresh, no World Cup, Raheem Sterling off, off the back of a good season, Aguero fine in the goals, and um, Jesus now fully fit. Mm. You know, so there's just positives whatever way you look, that as well as four centre-halves to, to compete for two positions. It's just, it's looking ominous for the league. I've got to say, Steve, I've been in, with your manager's head on. It's an embarrassment of riches. Yeah. <laughs> to yeah. be able to keep that lot happy and motivated and I think what top managers do is they make it about the shirt the shirt is, is, is hugely important but Foden has been fantastic he's a very good player and this is his time would you start in the weekend this well, the, weekend the, the, the problem you have is they've paid 60 million from Ares uh, so he, he's going to play I'd start him without a doubt 
But I, 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 my fear for him is they are so strong. It's going to be like we, I think we spoke before, 20 minutes here, 20 minutes there. And I don't think that's going to be enough for him. One thing we might see this weekend, uh, you talked about Fernandinho there and, and Delph being his backup and there's a whole, the, they wanted Jorginho, didn't get him, blah, blah, blah. But we saw at the Community Shield, John Stones in that role, uh, spraying balls around mm-hmm. and there was that little few minutes because it was like a training game at the end and they kept giving it to him back, give it to they him back. They didn't move him into midfield for the last sort of 10 mm-hmm. minutes of the game. Would you imagine we might see that this weekend if something happens to Fernandinho, the legs start to go, they get they get on they get more on them. Is, is that you don't no, think so? No, no. I think I think he, listen, he, he'll go he'll either give I think Foden a boost by saying, Listen, mm. I've got unbelievable belief in you or he will put Delph in there uh, and, and rotate it. I, I think listen, that'll be listen, I think John Stones can play there, but that'll be a last resort if you've got an injury crisis in the one area. I can't see that happening. Mm. I do think that what may happen in some games when it's a bit tight is if companies on the bench, they'll stick company back and bring Stones into midfield mm. if it needs stiffening up. That's what I think. Now, can he play there? Of course he can. But at, at Man City, they have marquee players in every yeah. position. So that's what they'll do. They'll they'll play Foden or they'll Fernandinho or they'll find someone else. Delph, I don't think he's of the standard. That's just my personal mm. opinion. But, um, you know, it's a marquee club with marquee players. They're not going to stick a centre-half in there on a regular basis, I don't think. You mentioned company saying it's important for those players to have the hunger and the desire to go again and to, to try and be better than they were last season, if that's at all possible. I was at the Premier League launch on Tuesday up in Manchester. We spoke to Kyle Walker on TalkSport with, with Adrian and Goffey, and he was hungry. You could see it in his eyes, the way he was talking. He said, I only went away for five days with my family, just went away, quick quick break to Italy, and I came back. I wanted to play in the Community Shield because I want that shirt. I want to be, you know, if I don't, if I'm not there, someone will take my place. We want to win again. We want to, we want to be even better than we were last season. And I think they all, they're all aware. I think Pep and everyone from from top down that it's not going to be 19 points this season. I think Liverpool have improved. They're going to need to. They can't rest on their laurels. They can't be complacent. They are. They are. They're, on paper, they're, they're the best team. I'd expect them to win the league again. But I don't think they're going to have it all their own way like they did last season. I think it's a mindset also. If I if I consider, you know, just moving off on a tangent a little, I was listening to the tennis player Serena Williams talking about, you know, you know, everyone plays me at their greatest, so I have to be greater. <laughs> I think that's what's going to happen with Man City this season because every one of the top five or six teams is going to improve. So they are going to have to be even better. And I think that they have the mentality to be able to do that. Definitely have a manager who's going to motivate them yeah. to be better. Yeah, I think as well as they'll be last season at one stage they were fighting in all four competitions, which, you know, that has its demands, all right. They've got a big squad. I think certainly the, the two big key things for me is Man City, they want to defend the Premier League, which is tough to do. And and that holy grail, they want to, the Champions League. Mm. You know, the, the, the Sheikh Mansour and his family want to win That's that. what they want. <laughs> broad strokes, lads. Broad strokes. Let's bring it back to the narrative. <laughs> bring it back to the game. This game this weekend, quickly, how do you see it going? Personally, I can see Man City giving this transitional Arsenal a bit of a scoring here. I can see a two, maybe three goal margin. Yeah, I think it's a new formation for Arsenal. Whatever way they play, new players coming in. Same old City at the Charity Shield. I can see it being at least 2-0. I think Man City will be two goals better at least. Whether Arsenal score or not, I think Man City will just have far too much. I agree. Sorry, Arsenal. It might not be a great start to the season. And uh, yeah, never mind. When we come back, loads more to get through. Stay with us. It's the Premier League Preview Show. Lukaku up against Rudiger, right-hand side of the area, gets to the right-hand corner of the box, clips it in, Lingard! Jesse Lingard puts United...
United in front. Lukaku turns from goal scorer to goal creator. Picked up by Gray far side. The Leicester right fancies chance of getting beyond Davis. Does get beyond Davis and skates past Jay and moves into the opposite half of the field. And he's still going, running strong. Sends it down the right for Maris. In towards Vardy. What a goal! You're listening to the Premier League preview show for the very first week of the brand new season. Let's get stuck into the Friday night football. Manchester United up against Leicester City. For those listening after Friday, you will know what has already happened. We're recording this on Thursday morning. So we are still looking ahead to United and wondering whether that disastrous pre-season tour would have had any impact on the way they play this weekend. Uh, Steve Lomas, Paul Mortimer and David Walker with me, Tom Rennie. Steve, let's come to you first on this. Manchester United, uh, Alexis Sanchez had a summer off for the first time in about 25 years. Uh, Got to be a big, big season for him. I'm sure he'll start the game on Friday. Is this team built around him? Well, he, he wants it to. He doesn't want to play out wide. That was his main gripe at Arsenal. He wants to play through the middle, but... Unfortunately, Romelu Lukaku has got a big say in where he has to play. Um, I think Mourinho slagged off everyone in Sundry. Um, I don't think anybody's been being the fans, the board. Um, Is he doing that to players to their faces? The way he kind of always manipulates us in the media. We've, we've all seen this. We know what he does. And, you know, maybe it's not the back page story it once was, but it certainly takes up a lot of hours on our various networks. Um, does he talk to the players in that same kind of negative way and will that have an impact on Friday? Well, if I was sitting in there and we're just speaking with Paul, you know, they've got a good, good squad. You know, finish runners-up, all right, it's been so far apart from Man City, that's what made it seem greater. But they still had a, a decent points tally for Massively the team finish. Exactly. And the previous season, where they won, obviously, the Europa League uh, and uh, the, the League Cup. So, uh, listen, as much as it was disappointing to finish without anything... I still think they should be making a better fist of it. And just for me, if I'm sitting in that change and thinking, listen to him moan about, he's moaning about me because he wants another centre half. And listen, they've got three or four there that are decent and he's already spent 60 million on two. So, you know, if I'm sitting in that change and thinking, come on, give me a bit of confidence. We've got a decent team. We've got decent midfield, decent up front. You know, they've got a, a, a makings of, of a championship team, I feel. They have, but I was speaking to some, some Manchester United fans on, on Tuesday up, up in Manchester, and despite the progress they made last season, despite the, the abundance of talent they have in that squad... Did they think progress, did they? Well, well, I mean, points and all that progress, but they were 19 are, off, I think. There are a lot of Manchester United fans who are not happy with Mourinho because they, they are not playing the way that the fans want them to play. I genuinely think with Mourinho, uh, I, think, I think, number one, he's been found out. I think he's limited. I think he's probably taken them as far as they can go. I think he's got an embarrassment of riches there. You know, he's moaning about centre-halves. He's got five of them. Two of them that he bought himself. You know, you look at their attacking options and there is no club in the country that's got that apart from Man City. That's got. I mean, you look at the, the players they've got and he can't get that right. Mm. I, I'm, I'm not having I, I think, think the difference dating. as well is, and I speak to Frank Lampard quite a bit and he said his first spell at Chelsea, yeah, he moaned but he always had the players on side. Mm-hmm. He always w- was like a father figure to them. And I just think, has he gone past that now? You know, Martial is a, you know, it's a fantastic talent. He needs somebody to put an arm around and not keep Steve, kicking you have him. to remember, there's two players, I think, Kovacic, I think, was one of them who refused. Don't want to go and sign for him. Mm. 
that didn't want to go and sign for him because of the way he treated players. Well, I think and as well, them days have gone now where you can bully players. Mm. You can't, you've got to conjole them because they're on so much money. Mm. You've got to try and find a way to get the best from them, whether you befriend them or whatever. But I think that tactic of falling out with people is gone past now. You well, can't do that anymore. You can't hail players out in public. I think what he's done to Luke Shaw, whatever you think of that, as a, as, as a player sitting here, that oh, that, that gives me shivers. When, I, when a manager openly challenges the integrity of, of Luke Shaw as a man, you know, in a game that's like was seen as, you know, men's game, it's a very difficult thing for us to, as players. Yeah, I think he should be doing it behind closed doors. That but I would, but I would say I was at Crystal Palace last year when Luke Shaw came on and quite clearly he's not looking after himself well enough, in mm. my opinion. Have you, have you seen yeah. the pictures of him? Yeah, but I mean, everyone's been on Instagram. I can like model on that. All you got to do is change the angle and change the lighting and do some look, contouring on your body. Gentlemen, look. Someone one, get me a felt tip pen. I can look like Jason thing, Statham. The one thing I will say with Luke Shaw, if you consider what he's been through, you know, he was a teenager when he left, big money, horrific, horrific injury. Yeah. There is a there's a lot in terms of mental health and well being going on there. There's absolutely no dispute in that. That let's bring it back round to the game because yeah. that's quite interesting. The fullback thing mm. because Luke Shaw should be in the first team this year, uh, and whether he plays this weekend is is questionable because he's got two 33 year old fullbacks, wingbacks, and they're probably going to play this weekend in Valencia uh, and Ashley Young. They're still the first choice fullbacks for Manchester United. That has not been addressed. That's got to be something that this Friday Leicester can be looking at. They've got some pacey players. Leicester. City. I think Leicester will beat them. I, I genuinely yeah. do. I think they, they will find a way to beat them. Manchester United going forward will be scary. If all of the big game big name players play, if Pogba's and and I'm not sure what shape they'll be in because they've not they're going straight in without actually yeah. playing a game. So Unless something sure unexpected be. has happened. I don't think Pogba will be playing yeah. this weekend. There's still a good two or three weeks yeah, before that, he's that's be. what I'm saying. So this is the best chance for Leicester. I think Leicester get after them. Um, they've had a, a really good pre-season, whereas Man United has just been all over the place. Mm. Uh, what about Leicester City? Um, because back end of last season, when they got thrashed uh, at Palace, I think, at the back end of last season, it was Puel out. He's got to go. He's never going to make it through the summer. He has made it through the summer. They've also lost their star performer in Riyad Mahrez. They've brought in uh, Rashid Ghazal to replace him, um, which is a very, very tough order for him. I think he'll probably start on Friday. Um, how does Claude Puel go about this? Because he's trying to change the Leicester that we knew and loved. He's trying to make them into a Claude Puel, defensive-minded, maybe a bit more possession-based sort of side. He's got some good players. He's He's got rid of Okazaki and it's James Madison who's going to be yeah, the, the number 10. He's looked good in pre-season. Uh, tell me how they set up on Friday, Paul. I think they show, if, he's, if he's smart... They set up the way they always set up in terms of counter-attack. I don't think, the old-fashioned way. Yeah, I genuinely do not think they've got enough about them to be a, a possession-based, holding on to the ball. That, that, that's, that is not them. That, they've not got success that way at all. I think the way they play is sticking um, Vardy up front and looking to hit him behind. They've got great pace. Madison, because with Vardy up front, what you'll have from Madison is, is that link-up play, that secondary support player who will be able to get on the end of stuff if anything's knocked down or anything comes, Vardy goes through, cuts it back, and there is Madison, sort of Lampard-like, to finish it off. That's 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 yeah. where they... So I, think I agree with you, Paul. They'll play deep and try and hit on the counter with Vardy. Deny space in behind. Mm. You know, you've got Johnny Evans, Harry Maguire. Exactly. All right, decent players, but not the quickest. So, well, know, it'll probably afford... be Ben and Luan and Wes Morgan this weekend with Johnny Evans. Mm. Um, maybe Johnny Evans will play, but I'm not sure Maguire will play. Well, will he play Friday? No, he playing for Man United. Yeah. <laughs> I think wherever he goes, wherever he goes, he'll play. I think I think if he's not gone, gone to United today, he'll, he'll play because 
yeah, I, I think I think he's won a play. Um, but a tall order uh, for for Leicester on, on the first weekend of the season. But I suppose this is the time to play Man United because we don't know what Man United uh, are going to be able to put together. Maybe we will see a kind of Jose Mourinho third year burnout. But of course, usually there's two years of success that then lead on to the burnout. If you're already burned out, I don't know where you go. What happens next? I have no idea. You leave. Oblivion. <laughs> yeah. you, you leave at Christmas because that's how long I give him. I wasn't sure how to advance that metaphor at all. It's interesting you say that because it is quite amazing that we go into the start of the season with the Manchester United manager being the favourite with a bookie to lose his job. Incredible. Uh, incredible. Let's uh, move on to another game, though. Uh, let's talk about Huddersfield against Chelsea. It's three o'clock on Saturday. Everybody in their pre-season predictions. I've done my table. A lot of people have done their tables. I have not found anyone who thinks Huddersfield are not going to be in that bottom three this season. But weirdly, weirdly, I saw them play Chelsea back end of last season when they were a bit of a shambles at Stamford Bridge. De Poitra scored and uh, got an equaliser there. Or were they leading? That might have put in the lead, then Chelsea equalised, sorry. Uh, but it was a fantastic performance from Huddersfield Town. Real great rearguard action. Take your chance when you get it. Brilliant day for them. I think they've got a little chance here against the Chelsea, only because of the Community Shield the weekend, where they just look like they are not ready in any way to play the Sari style. And that midfield three, says Fabregas, in, the, in, in that three... Jorginho not quite ready. Kante not back. They did look this could be at... a terrible... Did that work? No. <laughs> uh, first start to the season. Chelsea, first game of the start. Chelsea did look better against Arsenal a few days before that game. I think they were playing Man City, a well-all Man City team, who, were, who you know it was easy for them last Sunday. But I think Chelsea, yeah, it's going to take them a bit of time to adjust to Sarri's methods and his style of play. It's, it's very different to how Conte set the team up. But I think they'll be... You know, against the lesser teams like Huddersfield, I think they might have some fun this season, which they haven't had for a while. I think as well as you look at it as well, Huddersfield as well have bought an eight players, so they're going to be a vastly changed. And they needed to do, they needed to pick me up because basically, apart from the first ten games of the season, it's been a massive struggle. So mm. they've needed a lift. So it's not like Chelsea are going playing against, like you said, a Man City team that's well oiled, very structured formation, a lot of players that play regular. So uh, this this is a strange one for me. I could see Huddersfield getting it, but I could also see Chelsea winning by a couple of goals. It's it's it's, it's an even keel with it being the first game of the season. It's one of these that I think big game, big players like these, big clubs like these, mm. players just just from their own pride will think about last week and step out, and they'll want to put it right this season. And you know this week, and you know what, they're good enough players to be able to organise stuff themselves. I truly do think that they'll have enough quality on the pitch to be able to deal with Huddersfield. 28 goals Huddersfield scored last season. That, that's that an interesting point uh, on Huddersfield because uh, Sol Tom Ince, um, who didn't quite cut it in the Premier League last year, there was other players they played in the wing, like Colin Quayner did it a few times, it didn't quite work out. The two players they brought in to play those roles, uh, Diakabe came in from Monaco and Ramadan Sobi came in from Stoke City. Uh, I've seen him have a few moments, but normally came on for the last 15 minutes off the bench to try and do something and never quite did. Those are the guys now that have got to get the ball to Mooney and De Poitra, who, yeah, really are still their two strikers. There's no one else going to perform that, that role, and that's, there's something I've totally missed here. These are going to be the guys playing up front. Are they good enough additions to get Huddersfield in the mix for survival? You're going to need 28, 30 points. You're going to need six, seven home wins. So they're relying but, on these but, two but, guys. But, Tom, that's a dilemma for probably about 10 teams not mm. scoring enough goals. Watford, you, you look around, the Bournemouth. It's a dilemma so that they're in the mix. I think what he's done is he's freshened the club up. It needed to do it mm. because they had six months where it was bleak. So he's freshened up with new players. 
a, a lot of quantity, mm. but it remains to be seen if they've got the quality. But they're not alone in that situation. Mm. I think it's down to finances also, mm. it's hugely. I mean, you know, half the players there, and I know my football, I kind of know them ish. But what they are is, like you said, they're fillers. You know, I expect their team to rotate a lot this season because they're going to work hard to defend. That That's what they're going to be looking to do. If you're going to buy quality, it costs. And if you look at all these players, one thing that links them is they didn't cost much. They haven't spent loads. Well, you look at it, he's brought yeah. in three defenders and two midfielders. Exactly. So, you know, that's his emphasis. Mm. He plays a 4-5-1 formation, 4-3-3. But, you know what I mean? It, listen, I think the only positive is that if David Louise and Ruglier play together, there's, there's chances to David Louise, you were, you were saying this earlier, David Louise in a four? I mean, we've learned over the years that can't be done, so surely it's going to be Christiansen. There were, there were a couple of times on Sunday where they, they just got done with a simple ball over the top, yeah. you know, and that, that could be a route of success for Huddersfield. That worries me about Sari and what he knows of the Chelsea players, because if he knows, you're sitting here, we know. Yeah. If he doesn't know that, you you, you can't learn. You can't that. play Luis in a four. You can't in learn this that game. while the game's going on. And certainly not with Alonso. Alonso's a wing back. No. You actually am trying to play an orthodox left back as Absolutely. well, beside David Luiz. And then you throw the new goalkeeper in, yeah. who's come for a massive amount of money. He's he's got to make Will his he debut. Kepper, he's he's debut? I would say so. Seventy-one yeah. million. He's going to have to play. Have to. <laughs> <laughs> I, want, I want my pound of flesh. He's playing, mate. <laughs> And he better score yeah, as well, yeah, anyway, we were I, saying. I, I said 71 million. I'm expecting 25 goals a season, mate. <laughs> and not in your net. Exactly. Uh, right, quick predictions for the weekend for these two games. Huddersfield, Chelsea. Uh, I'm going Huddersfield. I'm sticking with it. I I'm fancy going it. enough. Chelsea will have enough. They'll find a way. I think it'll be a 2-1. Yeah, I'd, I'd go as far as 3-1, Chelsea, I think. Yeah, I think Chelsea win. Uh, and United-Leicester, Friday. Oh, that's oh, a toughie. I'm taking Leicester. I'm doing it. I'm going all out this season. Yeah, I'm going for Leicester. I'm going for a draw. I don't think it'll be a 4-3 like we saw last season with Arsenal, but I think they might just get a draw, Leicester. Right, big one coming up next. We're talking about the Amers. You're going to win the league, guys. Millions of people have lost weight with personalised plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. The Premier League All Access Podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. There's a lot more to those 90 minutes than what goes down on the pitch. With the latest odds, form guides and expert opinions, you'll know the score with Labrooks. Odds update on Talk Sport with Labrooks. Are you in? Let's go. Play at labrooks.com, 18+, begambleaware.org, T's and C's apply. An unbelievable goal by Mohamed Salah. There seemed to be nowhere to go, but his tight control in the penalty area as he cut in from the right-hand side was unbelievable. He still had plenty to do when he faced Lloris. Can West Ham put the pressure on? Antonio inside the box, goes down from the challenge. Cresswell drives it across, keeper spills it, having got plenty on it, chance to finish it for Arnautovic, and he does! And surely that's the precious three points for West Ham United! 
Premier League preview show for the first week of the season. Let's get to West Ham, shall we? Going to Liverpool this weekend. I know the panel want to talk about Liverpool. We're all excited about Liverpool, but let's get to the real story here. And that's the lads in Claret and Blue shooting up that table. Challenging for the top six, maybe even the title. Uh, just joshing, lads. Uh, but let's talk about West Ham because they've done some real business uh, during this transfer window. Uh, Felipe Anderson coming in, the big, big signing, but also people like Issa Diop, Ryan Fredericks, uh, Lucas Fabianski in goal is an upgrade on what they had. Uh, Steve, former West Ham captain in the room, Stevie Lomas. How ambitious can West Ham afford to be this season under Pellegrini? I think they've certainly got to be looking at least top 10, um, depending on injuries and how these new signings, because you've still got to blood them. You've still got to find a way of playing. Hopefully it'll be the attacking way he did at Man City. And you look at the players he's brought in, um, Yarmanchenko, Anderson, um, he's got a nice mix there. You know, Everybody hopes that Jack Wiltshire can finally put his injury problems behind him and mm. become the player we all thought he would. So there, there's still a lot of question marks, but I think the positivity is we actually finally spend the money after two seasons where the transfer windows were horrendous. Mm. That's the broad strokes on it. Let's get to the game this weekend. You mentioned Jack Wilshere. Does he start this weekend? Seems to me like they're going Jack Wilshere, uh, Declan Rice as defensive midfield and Mark Noble next to him. And a three at Anfield. Concerning, isn't it? Well, I think it'll give the licence to the three. Anderson, I think Yarmolenko will play. Um, and Yarmolenko, Anderson and Altovic as a three. Yeah. will be the three um, up top. So, listen, going away from Anfield, you're going to have to be conservative and try and play on the counter. But with them three players... That's not Pellegrini's style. But really, but when, he was at, when he was at Man me. City, he didn't change his. He wasn't mm. sort of a manager that would say, "Right, we're going to line up this way because we're playing this team." It was this is how we play. We play. I, yeah, but that's I okay at Man City. Yeah, but he's going to have to adjust. Yeah, yeah. He's going to well, have to adjust. To see, but it? I worry about those three in midfield because there's not enough legs. Hmm. You know, Wilshire and Noble, there definitely aren't enough legs in there. To I mean, he really fancies Declan Rice, Yeah, Declan Rice I like. I've got to say I like, but he's going to have to work overtime to cover the other two because... 19, defensive midfield at Anfield. Not enough, there's not enough legs. You see how... When you consider how Liverpool attack, the, the, the pace at which they attack... Um, it's going to be very, very difficult for those three in midfield, I've got to say. And that's why the big question for me was getting Chick Coyote leaving. Mm. He's the one who's got the legs to mm. cover the grass and maybe give Wilshire a bit of licence and a bit of freedom to be a playmaker in there. You know, with him and Nose, you know, I do worry. Um, the two, you know, they like for like, they want to get on the ball and dictate, but in terms of defensive areas, they're not the greatest at it. Well, the thing about it is, it is it's going to be about recovery. Again, against Liverpool, it's going to be about recovery because mm. you know that they can attack. So you look at the pair of them, and I'm telling you, Declan Rice is going to have to play 10 yards behind them. He really is. Because, As the third centre-half, almost. Yeah, because they cannot... And the, I watched Noble play a couple of times last year. Very good player. But defensively, people were running away from him, mm. with and without the ball, and that's a problem. Mm. Uh, West Ham this weekend going to Anfield. Let's get to Liverpool then, shall we? Let, let's talk about the embarrassment of riches that they've got. And the team they're going to play this weekend. It was interesting listening to Jordan Henderson, who uh, he asked, apparently, to come back early. And they said to him, Jordan, you need to take a holiday. And so he isn't going to be in the match they squad this weekend. They're enforcing him. We spoke about Kyle Walker earlier and players saying, I want the shirt. Henderson wants the shirt. It seems Jurgen Klopp said, it's all right, mate. Uh, we've just bought Fabinho. Don't worry about it. Take the week. Enjoy Mallorca. Um, what do you made of, of Liverpool's business and how many new players do we see this weekend? Would it be, would it be Cater? Would it be Fabinho? Uh, Alisson, we expect to start Paul, right? Yeah. I think it'll be both. I'm looking forward to Liverpool. I've got to say, I mean, remember, the Ox is injured. 
You know, he would have yep. been absolutely... You know, it is. They've lost a very good player who was playing at the top of his game. Naby Keita, I'm really looking forward to playing. If he can stay on the pitch, that is. <laughs> um, and, and how Shakiri fits in. Fabinho, I, I, I like. Um, and they've just added well to what they've already got. You've been impressed. I, I really have. And I'm really looking forward to them. And it makes them genuine challengers. Genuine challengers now. for the, they've, they've sorted out the goalkeeper. They've finally got a decent centre half. Well, one anyway. And, and if they <laughs> they've can, got the best right in the world, Paul. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Only in his mind. And if they can get that bit right, because going forward, I mean, we all know what they can do. It is about them defensively. And if well, they can get that right, I think, I think the good chance. thing is Klopp's changed his mind about spending, isn't he? Mm. He's obviously had to. Well, else when someone gives you the money. But, but, but what I'm saying, I changed my mind if you give me the money. He's actually went for quality. Mm. I think Shakiri's a little masterstroke, but it probably could go one or two ways. He either mm. spit his dummy out because he's not playing all the time, or it'll be a lovely little touch because Mo Salah, can he repeat that season again? Obviously, it'd be a great shoe-in for Mane if he needs to have a rest. So mm. I think what he's done is, like you said, he, he's bought light for light, but quality. Mm. Emphasis on quality. And they go into the season knowing that they beat Man City three times last season. And City will be looking over their shoulders at Liverpool. And I think... There's been a lot of false dawns at Anfield over the last 20 years. And, you know, they, they've come close a couple of times. But this, on paper, they go mm. into the season with a genuine chance. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see about them two midfielders, Fabinho and, and Kete. Obviously, they lost Chan, who, mm. who's went off Good to Pastures New, who I've always liked. Fantastic. So that's, that's, that's a loss. And then Ox as well, who mm. was finally shown mm. what we all believed four or five years ago at Arsenal with a run in the team that he can become a box-to-box midfielder that everybody hoped for but obviously the injury big blow so them two midfielders have got to hit the ground running in the Premier League um, they have a club as a club have to manage expectation too mm. because this season because of last season and, and, and you look at um, I think the money spent as well Paul the money spent they're going to need well, a trophy yeah. you look at Mo Salah you know there's an expectation on him to deliver goals yeah. now yeah. if that doesn't happen others have got to step up I think the great thing about Liverpool this year is that last year they turned around to their bench and saw Dominic Solanke. This year they turn around to their bench and they'll see Zerdan Shaqiri and that's when that deal starts making sense. Uh, I fancy this game to be quite high scoring. I think Liverpool might score five like they tend to do against West Ham but I think West Ham might score three. I think this might be quite entertaining. And isn't that what you asked for, West Ham fans? Bring the entertainment back. I think you're going to get it. Uh, let's move on to Newcastle against Tottenham. We'll get the other predictions a little bit later um, because Newcastle... It, it continues. The drama continues. But this weekend, I was looking at some of the players they've brought in, who they're going to play this weekend, and thinking about the deficiencies they had last season. Yushinori Muto, I like. A player who's, you know, fox in the box, can, can finish from close range, makes intelligent runs. I've always been a fan of Solomon Rondon. Uh, I know some people aren't. They say he doesn't score enough goals, but I've always liked him. Dubravko came in back end of last season. The keeper, I think he's top. I think he's a really, really good keeper. They had no money to spend, obviously, the 45 million that he thought he was going to get. So the reports say he, he hasn't spent it. He's not had it to spend and he's not been able to shift enough out to spend. Uh, Kennedy back as well and should start. I think reports of Newcastle's demise are greatly exaggerated. And I think they're going to give Spurs a real good game this weekend. Yeah, I think they're at that ground with the fans behind you. I think, listen, what we've got to forget as well is for all the troubles, they finished 10th last year. You know, so ain't a bad, ain't a bad return, mm. was it really? I know it was tight and it was, wasn't really to the last few games of the season. But but in Fabian Saar, who's another experienced defender, yep. who you know who, what they need. I think there, what we were talking about earlier, Tom, is who's going to score the goals. 
Rondon, is he going to get enough? Do you like his, Rondon? His mood, I, I like him from the fact of he's, you know, as a player, he hard, works hard, gets hold of the ball, tries to bring other people into the game. And maybe at West Brom, because they were ultra-defensive, weren't they? Playing up front in the zone. I really, at times, I felt sorry for him. Well, the view of, the view of, of Rondon is somewhat distorted because there were times where he was miles away from his teammates. He was isolated so often. He's actually a decent player. And, and like, like you say, if you serve him right and support him correctly and create chances for him, he will score goals. problem Newcastle had and have always had is their squad has been a very, very good championship squad. Mm. That, that's the way I've seen it. Or, or a, a bottom half premiership squad. And I'm not sure they've added enough bodies of quality to make to that steps closer to being a top exactly eight club exactly right that's, think, that's my worry uh, I think another worry for Newcastle fans has got to be as always that relationship between Rafa and Mike Ashley mm. if, if we're recording this on Thursday if, <laughs> if, if Rafa doesn't quite get what he wants and it, it wouldn't take much for Rafa at some point to say actually you know what I'm off. Why is he still and, there? And What's the reason he's still there? I they can't stay, understand they, it. They finished tenth last season with a squad that I don't think was the tenth best. He's on eight million pound a year. That's the oh, that'll be why. That'll be it. Yeah, but that, also I'd read somewhere where if he does leave, he has to pay back about five or six million. That, that's something I'd read. Listen, there's, there's it's no all doubt. becoming clear, isn't Listen, it? That, unless, that, unless a club comes in, yeah, a top club, where is he going to go? He's, he's going to stay. Could he not have got the Arsenal job? Was he not more qualified than Unai Emery? Or as qualified? Theoretically? They already had their own agenda. I look at at Benitez and I actually do think he's going to leave at the end of this season because I just don't think... You saw him a little while ago after one of the games where he just didn't want to answer the questions. He didn't. It was one-word answers because really what he's saying is, I'm not getting supported. And if you look at Newcastle... But he does he not do that at every club he's been at? But he's done is, that at Liverpool. Is, but this is he did it at Real Madrid. extreme though, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, what Ashley has said to him is, you know, I'll support you. I'll give you all the money that we earn. Hmm. Hmm. And they ain't earning anything. So no. Because it's all going to Sports Direct. <laughs> so they're not earning anything. So... You know, it's 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 not right. I, I feel sorry for Benitez. I really do. Um, those again, broad strokes. Let's bring it back to the game. Uh, Newcastle against Tottenham this weekend. What about Tottenham? How are they going to set up this weekend? I've been watching them a little bit in pre-season. And I've actually been really impressed with Eric Lamella and Lucas Moura. Uh, and Son is a vital player. He's going to uh, the Asian Cup next week. So I think he's available this weekend, but he's going for the next, next three. I wonder whether he plays as a kind of goodbye before he goes for a while. But are we going to see any changes to what, is kind of the expected Spurs lineup. They haven't been brave in the transfer market like Pochettino requested. Will they be brave in their team sheet? Will we see Harry Kane from the start this weekend? I think no one Harry will want to play, won't he? Mm. He, he wants to play every week. Um, whether or not they take that, make that decision for him and play Son, give Harry an extra week so when Son's away. Um, but listen, the one thing for certain is Tottenham's still got a good squad. All right, and so I said, say that, a good 15. I think it then becomes a problem... Mm out of that there and that's that's the worry for me for Tottenham yeah I, I totally agree I think that the problem Spurs have is their first 11 is a close shop they'll, if they're fit they'll play every week and that is a blessing and a curse because behind that you've got people like no disrespect Moussa Sissoko Dembele isn't what he, he was Lorente is is not really gonna gonna you know frighten mm. the opposition I didn't know he was still there actually I was quite surprised I felt like he's had no impact at Tottenham Hotspur. I mean, you said at the start, will, will Spurs, you know, change their side? No, <laughs> because they just don't have, you know, it's a team where, like I said, the, the, the second string definitely are a second string. They're just not good enough. And 
but this has been the same for how long? We've been saying the same. We said the same thing last year and the year before. And but why didn't they go for someone like Shakiri? I mean, I don't know whether they did and they couldn't get him, but someone like that is the kind of thing we spoke about Liverpool. Turn around, who can come on? Nah. That's what they, they should have, though, right? He doesn't really sign their Mavericks, does he? He looks like he wants to work the young players who do it my way or yeah. it's the highway. But so did Jurgen Klopp. Then they gave him the money. But Klopp's are slightly different because what you what you saw with Klopp, which is what I liked, was he gave them a bit of freedom to play. I look at Pochettino, and as good as he is, he's a, I think he's somewhat of a control freak. I think he has to control things. So you can't have a maverick because you can't control him. There is an unknown aspect to a maverick. I think you look at it, he got the ones that out that, that were causing, supposedly causing a bit of disruption. Mm. Aaron Lennon and the likes, he got rid of them, mm. you know, he didn't want them. He wanted young players that are going to focus, do what he says mm -hmm. to him, do his training regime, his diet regime, and and, and not be, you know, going out in the nightlife. Yeah, yes, exactly. One to watch out for Spurs, maybe this weekend, certainly the opening few weeks of the season. Luke Amos in midfield, 21, been playing in the in the preseason games, been really impressing. Harry Winks coming back as well. There could be a changing face with Spurs, maybe not this weekend, but certainly in the opening few weeks. Uh, right, let's do a prediction on those games. Uh, Liverpool, West Ham, I'm still going for 5-3 Liverpool, Steve. Bogey play a Sanfield so I can only see one winner, Liverpool, um, by at least a couple of goals. Yeah, I'd agree. I'm, I'm going, I think West Ham will score, so I'm going for 3-1. Yeah, Liverpool win. Uh, yeah, clean sweep, but should be entertaining at Anfield Sunday, 1.30 kick-off. Newcastle Spurs is the first game on Saturday, 12.30. Oh, I don't know, Dave. You go first, yeah. <laughs> I think Spurs are going to win it. They'll be fine. Boom. I can only see Spurs. I just don't think Newcastle are good enough. I, thought it's, I think it's closer than this. Yeah, I think for a scheme of season, I could see. But the best, I think, Newcastle get as a draw. Newcastle, 2-1. Oh, Come on. Wow. Let's get bold. Who's Let's get bold. It's the new season. Score? Um... Um, come back to me. Um, right, loads more to get through on the Premier League preview show. The ball didn't quite find falls for Neves! Oh! Unbelievable strike! He's doubled the lead with a moment of immense technique, brilliant execution. Wolves are on their way to the Premier League. Make no bones about it, and they will light it up with moments like that from Ruben Neves. First week of the Premier League season, we are very, very excited and very excited to see Wolverhampton Wanderers, who are up against Everton 5.30 on Saturday. Um, it seems the footballing public have decided that Wolverhampton Wanderers are not only going to survive in the Premier League this season, they're going to excel in the Premier League this season. Uh, they've done a lot of business, and of course they've got that link up with Jorge Mendes and all the Portuguese talent coming in. Some players that I can't wait to see in the Premier League, Diego Hotter, Ruben Neves... Are they, Paul Mortimer, a top 10 team? And how do they get on this weekend against Everton? I think they'll beat Everton. Um, are they a top 10 team? I mean, team? that in itself is quite bold, isn't it? Yeah, are they a top 10 team? A top 15, maybe. Um, because I think, yeah. But they've bought, what they've bought, what they've bought very well is ready-made players. They're not players that you're not quite sure about. You, you know, these are ready-made players. I'd, I'd say Adama Traore, I'm not sure about. Mm. I'd put him to one side. The rest, you know, Giammatino is a fantastic signing who will steady the ship. Not going to be phased. Rui Patricio, great goalkeeper. Not going to be phased by the Premier League. And so what they've brought in, they've brought in some good people to be able to, to steady the squad as well. You know? Yeah, I was speaking to Steve Bull in the summer and he's really looking forward to the season. He thinks they've got serious money. Mm. And if it's not top 10 this year, they're only going one way and that's up. And, um, you know, they reckon, so he reckons, I'm not <laughs> sure how much, but he reckons they've got Man City money. 
So they've got eyes on. They're backed by a small country. Well, that's 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 what wow. he's reckoning. So, wow. you know, they're it's Portugal, they're, isn't they're, it? They're, yeah, exactly. Well, <laughs> Mendes can get them players out of Porto for the fees, five million for you know Matino. That's oh, that's ridiculous. a fantastic, fantastic play well, at that level. There is a fuller uh, conversation we could have had on that, but <laughs> uh, on the the players they're going to put out, however they've got them. How do they set up this weekend? You saw them a fair bit last season, right, Dave, in the Championship. Do you see many changes from the way they set up? What's the formation? What does the manager like to do? Well, he likes to play three at the back. It's sort of a 3-4-3 three, three sort of situation, similar to when Conte, when he sort of revolutionised the Chelsea formation when they won the league two seasons ago. And you've got a player, Connor Cody, who, who plays in the middle of the, of, the, of the back three. He started out life as a, as a midfielder at Liverpool, very highly rated when he came through at Liverpool, but now he's stepped back. And it, there, there is that little mix. We talk about the Portuguese players, but he's been clever, Nuno, and the, and the guys there at Wolves. They, they do have some, some British players in that squad, and so they've got a nice balance. And I, I think they'll set up like they set up last season. They're not Like, like Paul said, they're not going to be phased by the Premier League. They're going to go, they're going to play their way, and they've got... You know, they're home against Everton, a team that had a lot of change in the summer for an, another season running. <laughs> and I think they've got a great opportunity to, to, to hit the ground running. I think they're going to play, put pressure on. The three up front are going to push right on mm. Everton and actually try and make them play. Molyneux, tough place to go and, and play. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to that game. I think there'll be good, lots of goals in this game. I'll tell you one thing. I mean, I, I was lucky enough to have some lunch with, with Nuno uh, last season, start of last season. It's all down to you, is it? What did you no, tell no, him? No, no, Buy no, some no. Portuguese blokes. What, what you realise from him is he knew the league. He knew the players. He understood what was required. And he'll know this, he'll, he'll know that going in here. Very bright, very intelligent, knows what he's, he's looking at. So he'll know how to be. Do you enjoy his company? Very nice, yeah? yes. Yeah, very nice guy. What's he like? What are we going to see on the, the on the touchline this year? Is he's, he going to be a Neil he, Warnock type? Is he going to... He, he'll do some of that. No, right. he is. He's, he's, he does show It was the infamous emotions. one last year oh, where he got sent off oh. at uh, Bristol City. But, but yeah, what he is... And he got a telling off in the director's box yeah, as well, <laughs> which, you know, he, he's obviously got passion. What he is, is he's a player's manager. Um, he's a player's manager. To Everton, uh, Dave, I want to ask you about Richarlison, uh, as you would have watched him a lot at, at Watford. Um had a great start to last season, kind of fell away. Is he the man that can lead Everton towards a top six challenge? Because that's what that money suggests he's been bought to do. He's got bags of potential. And, and I suppose the, the, the hope for, for Everton is that his, his slump coincided with the departure of Marco Silva. Now they're back together. They speak the same language, which I think is a crucial thing. Richardson still can't really speak any English. And... He played a lot of football. He was twenty year old, and he, he played he played more games than any other player for, for Watford last season. And I think that you, you could see that he was tired, he was frustrated, he lost his confidence. But he's got the ability. He gets, I, I don't uh, think it's a problem. It's the same problem since Lukaku's left. They haven't got a, a guy that's going to score fifteen goals, never mind twenty. Jenk Tosson don't like him. I, I don't think he'll score that many goals. No, I, I think you, you're looking at what's behind it: Sigerson, Walcott. Richarlison you know that, that's, that's fantastic that's yeah. a great little three mm. behind but somebody ultimately still has to put the ball in the net uh, let's move on to Bournemouth against Cardiff City a three o'clock kickoff on Saturday uh, we spoke earlier about a lot of teams that we think might struggle this season I did my table and I've got Bournemouth third bottom come the end of the season these are basically not worth the paper they're written on obviously uh, but I don't think Bournemouth have bought particularly well. Jefferson Lerma's the big signing. They chased him for a long time. They got him in uh, and they did need that kind of freshening up in midfield. But it's still Josh King. It's still Callum Wilson. It's still Charlie Daniels. Um, Asmir Begovic will start in goal this weekend. And I don't know if it's just a midfielder that they needed. I think they probably needed uh, someone at the back, someone in midfield and someone again up front to freshen things up. Because unless this guy comes in, and can direct traffic and score you 15 goals. Mm. 
I think you can't put your eggs in, in, in this basket. I think Eddie's had the dilemma um, where he keeps the team continuity and add a bit of quality rather than go out and bring in seven or eight who in bulk out the squad, but you dilute the quality and maybe lose a little bit of team harmony. I'm with you. I think it's another year of struggle. I think they'll have enough, um, dependent on injuries. But, um, yeah, it'd be worrying for me. What you've got to look at is not the nucleus, but a huge aspect of that side were the side that got them promoted as yeah. well. And that, that very rarely happens yeah. where, you know, they should be falling by the wayside by now. And, and that's where the questions are going to start to be asked when you can see the lack of quality on a regular basis. Are we going to see a clash of styles this weekend? Bournemouth, the football team, Cardiff, uh, Neil Warnock's back, ladies and gentlemen. How do Cardiff set up this weekend, Paul? Do they try and bash it forward, bash their way through, elbows and knees out and trying to get something? I actually think Cardiff could beat them. I, do, I, you? No, do, do you? Do you know why? Because I think Cardiff play that agricultural type of football where they do get it up there, they do play percentages. Are Bournemouth going to be ready for that? Bournemouth don't like it up them, you reckon? I don't know. I think that what they will do is they will get the ball in the box as much as they can. They will They will be firing. I think they've yeah. got someone who can throw the ball yeah. from literally the halfway line. Yeah. They will just arrow the ball, in, seriously, <laughs> into the box, and that's what they will do. And I don't know if Bournemouth are going to be ready for that fight. I think Eddie and Bournemouth boys will know what's coming. Mm. That's for certain. But it, knowing it and stopping it, it's a bit like you used to play against Wimbledon. You, you, you knew you knew what was coming. You didn't even have to work on it. You couldn't but, stop but it. But it was just stopping it. It's another scenario. Uh, for Cardiff, not spent a great deal of money. One player to watch out for this weekend for me, Bobby Reed. Uh, I really, really like this kid. I think he's got a lot of skill. Whether he's a Premier League player, we are going to find out. Only thirty million spent, Cardiff. Yeah, I mean, I look at Bobby Reed and thinking him and Cardiff, the way they play, yeah. don't Doesn't really mix. go together. Absolutely, Absolutely right. agreed. It's yeah. a very strange move because he's a genuine bit of quality who I think isn't going to get enough of the ball. It's going to be over his head half the time. So, you know, it's a difficult one, but. Yeah, I, I do think it's going to be difficult for them. Let's move to Fulham up against Crystal Palace. Paul, I'll come to you for Palace in a second, but Steve, I wanted to ask you about Ryan Sessegnon, uh, a player who many outside the Premier League were looking at last season as someone who could have been in the England squad. Uh, is he still 17? Is he 18, 18 now? 18, 18 now. Um, is he going to light the Premier League up this season? And, and how do you see Fulham getting on? I really hope so. Um, great you know, feather in the cap for, for Fulham keeping him because a lot of clubs were definitely looking at him, not just in the Premier League but abroad. Um, but they've kept him, you know, maybe for just another season. Yeah, I think Fulham will have enough. I think you look at Mawson, you look at Shura, they've signed. I think Sarri, they've signed in midfield, mm. is a good player who was looking, Chelsea were looking at him at one stage. So for them to get him is a great signing. So I think they'll have enough um, this season, possession based. Um, Mitrovic up front. Good on the A, yeah. Mitrovic, who, who they've had on now. loan. I mean, when yeah. he was at Newcastle, I wasn't quite sure about him in the Premier League. He struggled. But he, but he down, at, down at Fulham, he's been wanted. Exactly. He's been the main man. And, and as a player, when you're Look, given that there, certainly a centre forward, knowing that you're going to be the main man leading the line. Mm. And, and he showed with the sort of 15 games at, yep. last mm. season at Fulham yep. and what he can do. So I think they've got more than enough mm. to stay up. The only mm. word of caution I, I would have about Fulham is that they have lost actually quite a lot of players. They had a lot of loan players last season. Yeah. They had Target at left back who freed Sessegnon to go forward and play f further up the pitch. Mm. They had Callas. They've lost Ryan Frederick. They're looking at Brian, aren't they, from Bristol yeah, City? He's a good so. player. He's a good, he's a good player. But they've lost and Morrison's actually not going to play for a while. He's injured right now, so he's not coming straight into the team. They've lost a lot of minutes out of that team. I think mm. they'll be OK, but I think it might take them a little while to, to re-establish that understanding, especially at the back. Frederick's big loss as well uh, from Fulham. Um, Crystal Palace. I think Cheku Kiyate is a good buy. Max Meyer's a good buy. This business they've done, though, small 
I think, has been impressive. Uh, but Paul, again, every time they get forward, they've got to pass it to Christian Benteke. And when that happens, they ain't scoring, are they? No, but the biggest thing, the most important thing is that Zaha stays because he's the catalyst for absolutely yeah, everything they do. He is just... We are recording this Thursday before the window closes, yeah. so if he has gone, bad luck, lads, you're for going me, down. He's got to stay. If he doesn't stay, that is a body... Then we can assume he's staying. Yeah, we'll, we'll, yeah, we'll assume he's yeah. staying because everything... I watched them play last week against Toulouse and, and once they lined up, everything went through him. Everything positive went through him and he was brilliant on the day. Scored a good goal, sets up chances. Townsend wide and him the other wing and they set up chances... Defensively, I think I'm not quite sure. I mean, Toulouse weren't the strongest of sides, but still got in and around them, I think, a little bit too easy. But going forward, I think they're going to struggle if Zaha doesn't score. Mm. If the chances fall to Benteke, I worry. I fancy this game to be entertaining this weekend, and uh, we'll get some score predictions in a minute, but I think Palace are going to get a really good uh, win on the opening day. We'll come back to that. Let's move on to Watford up against Brighton, 3 o'clock on Saturday. Dave, our resident Watford expert, is with us, the football editor here, big Watford man. Um, and, well, you tell me, how's it going to go? Well, that's the thing with Watford every season. You, you don't know what you're going to get. Although th- this <laughs> Lovely is... kit, though, Dave. <laughs> Beautiful <laughs> kit. I'm not a big fan of the new kit, but we won't go there. Won't go there. This is the first season since we've been in the Premier League where we, we, we've retained the head coach over the summer. You know, there's a bit of stability there, which is a bit unsettling for Watford fans. We're, we're all a bit like, oh, what's going on? Well, you know, But it's because th- th- there isn't much going on, but that might in itself be a positive thing. Will you be playing a Grazia team? And what is a Grazia team? Well, he, he is quite a conservative coach. His success that he had with Malaga in the La Liga was built on very well organised, quite a conservative coach, likes to play on the counter. And I think that, you know he, he'll build from the back and that's something that we have lacked in the last few seasons. We've had a lot of chopping and changing in, in the defence. So I think a settled back four is what he'll, he'll go from and we'll go from there. I think we, we, we could do with another striker. We could do a bit more going forward. Lack of goals, I'd say, yeah. looking at that, that, that squad. Might struggle to score this weekend up against Brighton. Steve, um... I wanted to ask you about Brighton because I haven't done my, my full preparation for this season as yet when it comes to pronunciations of players. And <laughs> uh, I just wonder if I can give you this You're list picking of on me, players. Tom, aren't you? You're picking, picking on me. I just wonder if you could just run through the names of some of these players. No, I'm just, I'm just joking because they have really gone for a proper 1995 West Ham League of Nations. Who can we get in? Some of these might be fantastic. Some of them may not be. Uh, they've gone right around the globe for a lot of these talents. And that's going to be difficult for, for Chris Hewton to manage, isn't it? Because... Well, it, well, there's it, a lot of unknown there, irrespective yeah, of the quality of the scouting. But, but, but of course, listen, you've got to cut your cloth accordingly. So what do you do? Do you stay, keep going with the same thing? Chris felt the team that brought up needed changing hmm. the squad, keeping you know the ones, the nucleus, but it needed freshening up. He felt it was too close to call last season, and that's why he's went down this line. He can't buy the top-rate players abroad, so he's got a, his market is this here. And if he gets four out of them eight players that are success... Hmm. And hopefully for Chris, it's in the attacking areas, which is really where they need them. Yeah, look at it. And Done, and I'm going for it. Yeah, Handbach is the other guy. Maybe that's, the guy that's good. That's good guy. enough for me, Tom. That's, that's good enough. That's good enough that. for me. So, um, yeah, listen, listen. That's the market. Chris, is, Chris has went from. I think that the biggest thing for Brighton is Chris. Chris's calmness. Hmm. Um, you know, he's calm. He's methodical. He'll have them organised. Um, they'll be tough to beat at Brighton. Um, they've got to improve the waveform. I think it was one of the worst uh, in the Premier League last season. Um, but I think they will they will have enough to stay up this season. Uh, last game we haven't looked at, Southampton-Burnley, one thirty on Sunday. Uh, Burnley, of course, in Europa League action on the Thursday. Uh, and they've brought in 
uh, a decent amount of players the last few days that, that mm-hmm. will probably play this weekend, I imagine. Gibson will play, Joe Hart will probably yeah. play. Um, but it's Southampton I want to ask you about here, Paul Mortimer, because there's a lot of people thinking they're going to struggle. And the players they brought in, El Yanusi, Angus Gunn, is he number one? I suppose he is number one. Um, Yannick Vestergaard, good centre-half. Stuart Armstrong, the other player. Not encouraging that. They've not bought enough. It's as, it's as simple as that. They were poor last year. Uh, they really were. And, and what you need for that then is you need to buy some players in that the, the players there realise... Lost Tadic, lost uh, Buffal. I, I, I'm, I'm in a bit of trouble here for I my place. There's no, none of the players really look like they're, they're, there's any real competition for places. If, and that's if I was a Southampton fan, not being disrespectful to them players, I'd be underwhelmed yeah. mm. in what's come in, especially when you lose somebody like Tadic, who was a fan's favourite, mm. to be replaced. And I know Stuart Armstrong, he's a good midfielder, box to box, got an eye for a goal. But like Paul says... They needed a couple of marquee signings, in my opinion. Mm. I, I would have, you know, that they've spent 16, 13, 18 million. I'd have just clubbed all that together and bought one. Mm. At least one where everyone goes, wow. They've lost a lot mm. of maverick creativity in Tadic and Buffal. And there's a lot of argument to say how good they were last season, but they haven't replaced them with that, that type of player. And I think there's a real chance for Burnley this weekend to go there and get Majesty, another shocking early season away win. One thing, the scary thing for Southampton also is I don't think they've got those young players coming through no. at the moment. That cycle seems to have dried up. Well, you can't keep doing that, can no, you, Paul? You can't keep bringing them through. I think, whereas Burnley, what I like about Sean Dice is DNA is British. He's bought British. We're keeping our nucleus, our team, mm. the same. You know what you're going to expect from us. Mm. And um, I just look at Southampton. What DNA as a team are they? I, I can't see one. No. One thing with Burnley, I'm really excited to see Matty Vidra. In, in the Premier League, he, he was there before West Brom. Didn't really get much of a chance to play in the. First Sorry, did you say Vidra? I thought you said Darren Huckabee. <laughs> no, <laughs> he, he, I think I've seen him a lot for Watford, and I'd still have him at Watford if I if I had my way. Mm. I think in the Sean Dyche team, they'll play two up top. He'll get chances, and Dyche is very good at improving players. Right, first show of the season, last set of predictions: uh, Wolves, Everton. Steve, thoughts? Give me a score. I think Wolves, Wolves. by the odd goal. Wolves by the odd goal, definitely. Wolves by more than the odd goal. Really? Okay. I'm going draw with this one. I, I, I think Everton are a proper Premier League team. This could be a bit of a rude awakening for Wolves, but I still fancy for a point. Bournemouth, Cardiff. Uh, Dave, let's go to you first. I'm with Paul. I think Cardiff. Do you? Yeah. This is shocking. I think Warlock's going to get a win opening day, yeah. No, not for me. Bournemouth. Yeah, I'd, I'd take Bournemouth Two as well. 2-1 Cardiff. I think Bournemouth have got a uh, split um, in the camp. Split in the camp. <laughs> I'm siding with Steve. He looks like he can rumble. I'm on board with that. Uh, Fulham Palace could be an interesting one this weekend. Uh, let's start with the former Palace man. A draw, 2-2. Two, two. I think Fulham would dominate possession, but Crystal Palace do what they do on the counter-attack with Saha and Townsend, and dare I say it, I think Ben Teke for the winner. Wow! <laughs> wow! <laughs> that is bold. I should hold you to that. Score draw. Uh, score draw. I'm just looking forward to seeing Zahar against Sessegnon. Uh, that could be fantastic, uh, that battle at Craven Cottage this weekend. Uh, what for Brighton? It's last on match of the day, I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think 1-0. 1-0? Yeah, I think Watford are decent at home. I think they'll get a win. Oh, I was going to say clean sweep 1-0, but you've gone Watford. Uh, and finally, Southampton, Burnley. No one. Uh, I, th- I think Burnley. Burnley away. Do you? Yeah, yeah. I'm going yeah, that as well. Yeah, nice and tight. Burnley to nick it. Yeah, it's a clean sweep for Burnley. Uh, Southampton may well struggle. Right, that's the end of our first preview show of the season. Uh, Paul, Steve, Dave, thank you very much indeed. If you're listening to this show on a radio station right now, uh, subscribe to our podcast for a longer version of the show where we put the real gold in uh, on your various podcast apps. This has been the preview show for week one. We're back next week.
The Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. The latest odds? We set them. Form guides? We've got them. Expert opinions? We share them. The best fans in the world deserve the best. Be match day ready before the whistle blows with Ladbrokes. Odds update on Talk Sport with Ladbrokes. Are you in? Let's go. Play at labrooks.com, 18 plus, be gambleaware.org, T's and C's apply. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 